2020, and we've been discussing what that looks like in this new year. And so today is going to be my last part of that series. I'm, I'm really excited about our next series. In our next series, um, you can throw that next slide on, it looks, it looks like this. It's called Gather, and it's going to be um, a series where we are talking about what is the church. And so often, we have a complete misunderstanding of what the church is. And so we're going to redefine what the church is most People believe that the church is a building and we go to church and I want to talk about what what is what is the church? What is this thing? Um, that God created 2,000 years ago, maybe it looks much more like a movement than a building and so we'll talk about that It's gonna be a really fun series So it's called gather and that'll start next week and um, So today's my last part of this series and we started uh at the beginning of January, and we unpacked what it looked like for us to be a church that is in community with one another, um, and where we're doing life together, as Bonhoeffer would say, where we're connected to each other, we're supporting each other, and then the next week, we looked at what does it mean to love outward, and reaching out to the community around us, what does it mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community Last week, DeBron taught on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God invading our current realities. And so today I want to talk about this last step. And um, it's really, I, I today, if I'm really honest, even though we're running late on time already, today could change everything for you. Today could change, today could be a day where you are activated in God's kingdom. And that's my prayer, um, that you are activated instead of just a passive person that's seated on the sideline watching the game, that you'd actually participate. And um, I w I've shared this story before, but it's a story every time I talk about vision that I, at least through this sermon series, I wanted to bring it up one time, and it's, it's kind of foundational to um, how, what God has done in my life as far as where God's called the church to go and to become. And so this happened about 15 years ago. I went uh, camping in Gorges State Park in North Carolina. I was there with, my family was there with another family, uh, the Pedersen family from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We were there um, camping for the week, and it was really fun. And we, you know, I did all my research ahead of time. And I wanted to go on this trail and this trail. So one day we woke up and we're like, we had breakfast from the campfire and we decided to take this hike, and we heard that it was the most spectacular waterfall ever. And so we said, let's, 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 let's go there. So our wives stayed behind, and they were hanging, around, hanging out at the campfire. And I brought my son Judah. He was a little tyke. Um, he was probably a year and a half old. Um, I put him in one of those backpacks that go on your back. And my friend Sean had his son Noah on a backpack on his back, and we hiked. We took this hike. It was over three miles, and we're huffing and puffing up and down this, this mountain. And we get to this moment where we get to this river bend, and it was gorgeous. And then let me paint a picture for you. It was a picture that was so picturesque. It was gorgeous. It was this little, small little rocks. No, this isn't it. Not yet. Go back. Go back. Go back. <laughs> There's this lit, we're at this river bend, and it's this beautiful, picturesque 
moment where people are on these boulders on the edge of the river, and they're having picnics, okay? They're eating lunch, and everybody's there on, the, on both sides of the river. There was about 50 to 75 people on this river bend. And in the middle of the river, just as the river took this turn, there was a rock formation, so there was this like four-foot rock slide on the river. So kids were sliding down the rock. It was beautiful, right? It was sunny day. It was wonderful. And I look at Sean, and I said, Sean, this isn't like the destination. There's a great, something greater. It looks like not too far away. But I want you to imagine 70, 50 to 75 people hanging out in this one area. And then all of a sudden, I say, instead of having our lunch here, let's go a little bit further. I think we're almost there. We're almost to this waterfall that is supposed to be spectacular. We hiked no more than a half mile more, and we saw this thing. Now, we came out at the base of this, and it was roaring. I don't know if you've ever stood at the base of a waterfall that's this big, but you feel it in your bones. You can barely talk five feet away, and the mist was coming down. I was soaked, and I stood at the base of this thing, and I sensed in the depths of my soul, God's spirit speaking to me. And I sense God was saying, this is where I want to take my church, but they're stuck back there. And the crazy part about this story is, Sean and I stayed here for almost an hour, and nobody joined us. Not one person. We were there, and I'm like, this is like, I mean, it was one of those moments for my soul that quickened every bit of me. And all of a sudden, I was saying, God, I know that you want to take people to a place of adventure and risk and awe. And but the problem has been the church likes to be comfortable and we like the little thing that's so safe. Today I want to talk about getting out of the boat. And today the boat represents safety and security and comfort. Faith requires a level of risk. And I think God's calling his church to step into risk. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 14. We're going to start in verse 22. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Well, he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So Jesus sends the disciples into the boat to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Well, he went up the hill and prayed by himself. And after the disciples were probably miles out in the sea, this storm hits. A storm rolls in, and verse 24 says this, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were frightening heavy waves. Now you have to remember who the disciples are. 
the disciples, many of them were former fishermen that were used to the water and the waves and storms. Now, these are profesh- some of them are professional fishermen. These are tough guys. And at this point, they're worried. They're frightened. Then we're told in verse 25, about 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. In the middle of the night, Jesus begins to approach them on the water. Now, you have to picture this in your mind. Wind, waves, the darkness of night, a boat struggling, almost being capsized. These guys are, these guys are cold, they're wet, they're miserable, they're exhausted, and they're terrified. And just when they thought that things couldn't get any worse, they think they see a ghost walking toward them. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! They do what any group of men do in the absence of women in this situation. They scream in terror. Ah! Right? And then in verse 27, it says this. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. It's me. I'm here. Exhausted and terrified. Peter yells back, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. Wouldn't that be amazing? Jesus calling you onto the water. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Now you have to imagine Peter. He's in the boat. And he says, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And imagine that moment. Jesus says, let's go, Peter. And Peter's like, oh, okay, like Jesus called me to go under the water. And so imagine the moment where you put your first foot out onto the water. In that moment... Peter was probably white-knuckle grip on the edge of the boat. And then he thinks to himself, I'm actually having one foot stand in water. What? And then imagine the second foot coming out of the boat. Still probably holding onto the boat with one hand, saying, I'm on water. And then imagine the moment when he let go. Peter's standing on water. And then, step, step. What an amazing moment. Step. Peter walked on water towards Jesus. What a moment. Peter walked on water towards Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. 
Save me, Lord, he shouted. So what just happened here? You have to think. It looks like he totally blew it, doesn't it? If he just kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, he would have been fine, right? He would have made it, but he didn't make it. So let me take a quick detour for just a moment. And if you don't mind, uh, just raise your hand if you've ever failed a test, been cut from the team, failed failed to get that job, been impatient with a three-year-old. If you've ever said the wrong thing, you've ever eaten with the wrong fork, come on. If you've ever asked a non-pregnant woman when she's due, If you've ever worn synthetic fibers, yeah, fail. We've all failed, haven't we? Every single one of us, we've all failed at one point or another. And even though we've all failed, God never intended us to go through life trying to avoid failure. To one degree or another, this boat represents safety and security Whatever, even though it's rocking, at least it seems like the safest place in the middle of a sea in the middle of the night, doesn't it? With all that's going on that night, it seems like the boat's the safest place to be. The water's rough, the wind is strong, the night is dark. There's a storm out there, and if you get out of the boat, you might sink. But if you don't get out of the boat, you will never walk on water. And there's something inside every one of us calling us to leave the routine of our comfortable existence and abandon ourselves to the adventure of following Christ. There's something inside every one of us. There's a human, there's this vacuum inside every one of us calling us to live this great adventure that God's called us to. Um, A few few years ago, Tom Brady... um, quarterback for New England Patriots, he was interviewed by Steve Croft on 60 Minutes. And at the time, Tom Brady, um, he was like, like sports legend status. And at the time, he only had three Super Bowl rings. Now he has five. Um, he was the Super Bowl MVP twice. At this point, he had the record for the most touchdown passes in a regular season. He brought the Patriots an entire season without losing one single game. That was the first time that it had been done in 35 years at this point when he did this interview. He's dated actresses and supermodels, and he makes millions of dollars, and everybody thinks he has it all together, and if there's ever a person that, like, is it, he's it, right? That's what we think. And then here's what he said during an interview on 60 Minutes a couple years ago. Um, Tom, so Tom was asked, what does all your fame mean to you? And he said this, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is it. I've reached my goal, my dream. And then he says, God, there's got to be more than this. And so Steve asked him, what's the answer, Brady? And Tom Brady said this, I wish I knew I wish I knew. I love playing football, and I love being quarterback for this team. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. Guys, there's something in all of us that aches 
that absolutely aches for more than this world could ever offer, that aches for us to abandon ourselves, that aches to step out in faith and risk and courage to get out of our boats. There's something in every single one of us that calls us to. So Peter walks on water, liquid, H2O. Then his faith gives way, and he drops into the sea. And the question is, did he fail? Did Peter fail? Um, And sometimes I think we need to redefine what failure is. Uh, I don't think failure is as much of an event. It's actually the way we interpret or define an event, right? For example, Thomas Edison tried over 2,000 times to make a light bulb. And somebody said, Thomas Edison, you you failed 2,000 times. Why didn't you quit? And he said, I never failed. I simply discovered 2,000 ways not to make a light bulb. (laughs) That's true. Winston Churchill was asked, what most prepared you to lead Great Britain through World War II? And he said, it was the time when I repeated a grade in elementary school. And the questioner asked him, they said, you flunked a grade? Winston Churchill said this, I've never flunked in my life. I simply was given a second opportunity to get it right. So did Peter fail? Did Peter fail? Well, perhaps in a way he did. His faith gave way. And yet it was an experience he was able to draw from for the rest of his life. He learned that if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of your boat. So I have a question. Have you guys ever thought, so this story focuses on Peter, but have you ever thought about the other 11 disciples? Where are the other 11 disciples? In the boat. They're in the boat. And if Peter's failing is kind of more of a public failure, then you'd have to say at very least, the other 11 disciples, it was a private failure. Their failure was safe. It was unnoticed. It was uncriticized. Here's the deal. Only Peter experienced the shame of the public failure that night, but only Peter experienced the glory of walking on water. He walked on water towards Jesus. And only Peter knew in a way that the other disciples never knew that when he was sinking, guess what? Jesus would be right there to grab him up. Peter shared a moment with Jesus, a connection that nobody else could because nobody else got out of the boat. Faith requires risking failure. Maybe you're wondering what this means. What does it look like to get out of the boat? John, John, it sounds good. It sounds right. There is this ache inside of me that longs for this great adventure of following Jesus all the way, but you're not sure what it looks like? Oh, I have a story of a seamstress named Rosa Parks, member of Dexter Baptist Church, a devoted woman to God who believed that Jesus had something to teach a segregated society about love and justice. December 1955, a bus driver asked her to move out of her seat and move to the back of the bus 
so a white person could have her seat. Uh, she chose not to move. A few days later, 10,000 followers of Jesus gathered at her church to pray, God, what do we do next? And from that moment, a boycott started of the Montgomery County Bus Company, led by, at the time, a fairly unknown pastor, a young Martin Luther King Jr. And because of that choice, a revolution started. It wasn't easy. It had a high cost. Many were beaten, imprisoned. People died. But it changed the course of a nation. Because a mild-mannered, soft-spoken Christ follower, a seamstress was willing to get out of the boat. You guys, to be a disciple of Jesus, it literally means to be a learner. A student choosing to grow in Christ. And growth means entering new territory, getting out of the boat. Every time you face potential fear, it's, it's a place where we're called to go and to learn, to push into. In a sense, following Jesus is always... A choice between comfort and fear. Comfort and fear. Comfort says stay in the boat. It's a choice whether we're going to step out of safety, security, and the comfort of the boat. It's always a choice that we have. That's why John Wimber spelled faith. You guys remember R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And you guys, that's not good news for many of us because we're so easily driven towards comfort. Just like at that river bend and the nice little picnic area on the river, it's just so, it's just so comfortable. It like lulls us to sleep. We like to come home and just veg out, usually in front of a television set. But let me tell you, being a couch potato is not like good training to be a future water walker. And sometimes we have to think, what are, are we preparing ourselves for, the te- for, for these moments of, of faith where God's calling us to risk? God's calling us to this to adventure, and we're stuck. We're chained to the boat. And some of us, let me tell you guys, the best thing in the world is following Jesus into this great adventure. But it's going to take a little bit of risk. It's going to take us getting past our comfort at times. Kenny, thanks for letting me borrow the boat, by the way. Thanks. So, maybe you've gotten yourself, you're comfortable and you're safe. And that means more to you than risking faith. I think it's time that God helps us change our paradigm. Because walking on water, coming to Jesus, if you try it, you might sink. If you step out of the boat, you might sink. But I have a secret for you. If you get out of the boat and you sink, God will save you. It's a little secret. You take that risk, and immediately, I love it, because Peter, 
he walks on water, he falls, he yells out, Jesus! And guess what? Jesus immediately reached and grabbed him. Immediately reached out and grabbed him. Jesus loves to save sinking people. Okay? So let's step out and take a risk. God has our backs. Peter cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out and saved him. So I can tell you from my own personal experience that every significant period of personal growth has been preceded by a major time of testing in my life where I was required to step out of the boat, every single one. So the question is, what boat is God calling you to step out of this morning? Maybe he's calling you to help a family or give beyond what you can comfortably give or address the despair in your marriage or pray for your coworkers or neighbors or jump in a compassionate ministry or start a new ministry. Um, actually, I was thinking that some of you I think some of you are in the boat and the boat is safe in security and the risk that God's calling you to do this year is to get into community but you're so afraid of getting hurt. You're in the boat. The boat is what you can control. It's your situation and you know that you need other friends to help you in your faith, but you're stuck here and you don't want to step out. God's calling you today to get into community, to join an equip course, equip group, or get into a vineyard community group. And yet you're so afraid of what, what does it mean if I step out? You're so afraid. Like, hear me this morning. Hear God's word for you. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. What is God calling you to do? Get out of the boat. Let me tell you, the, my last point this morning is that when you risk your faith, remarkable things happen. Remarkable things happen. As a result of Peter getting out of that boat, that so-called failure, his life would never be the same again. You read the Gospels, Read the Gospels and tell me how many times Peter names Peter's name comes up versus the other disciples. Some of the, if you tried to think through the, who the other 11 were, most of you would get stuck after Peter, James, and John. Peter went somewhere in his relationship with Jesus that many people are unwilling to go because he was willing to risk and step out of the boat. Guys, when people get out of the boat, the power of God goes into operation. Amazing things happen. What if every single one of us here at the church today said, I want to get out of this boat. I want to get out of the boat, Jesus. And you said, Jesus, command me, I'm yours. And it would change our cities and change this nation. If just this group here can you imagine? Because Jesus is looking for people to choose risky faith over safety and comfort. He's looking. So let me give you a couple practical tips. Number one, don't be afraid to step out in faith and take a risk for the kingdom. When stepping out of the boat, 
you may face storms along the way. Actually, I guarantee that you will face a storm along the way. Okay? But your faith will not be perfect. You might even sink. But know this, if you sink, Jesus will be there and he will pick you up. He will pick you up. So go ahead, take the risk. Jump in. Number two, every once in a while, if you choose to step out of the boat, you are going to walk on water. And you'll never be the same. The only way to walk on water is stepping out of the boat. It's the only way. So start taking steps towards the water this week. So here's some ideas. Share your story. A couple weeks ago, we only talked about the only thing that you are responsible for as if you've given your life to Jesus is sharing your own story, your own personal thing that God has transformed you in. That's all you have to share. So what if we started sharing that? Start taking steps this week, stepping out of the boat. Share your story. Pray with somebody. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Speak into somebody's life. Invite somebody to church. What's the first step for you? That's a great question. What's the first step for me this week? What does it mean for me to get out of the boat? And number three, abandon yourself to the adventure of following Christ. The only way to get courageous is to walk through fear. The only way to get courageous, to really embody this idea of courage, is to walk through through your fear you cannot go around it you always have to walk through it but the best part is jesus walks through our fear with us he's leading and guiding us so go for it get through the fear do the courageous what do you really 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 want in 2020 go for it Go for it. What is the fear that holds you from God's adventure? Take the hand of Jesus and walk through that fear. Let's all stand. We're going to sing this song, and let me give you just one small assignment as we're singing this song. If you could, close your eyes and imagine you're in a boat. And your the question is, as you're in that boat, do you have a white-knuckle grip on the edge of the boat? You're holding on to both sides, unwilling to move. Are you like the 11? Or do you see yourself like Peter, taking that risk and stepping out of the boat? And so this morning... If you wouldn't mind, just tell the Holy Spirit what you'd like to do, your intention for this year. So some of you might not be there and you're saying, well, I'm still in the boat, but at least I'm in the boat, right? And some of you, God's calling to this great adventure and tell God that, God, here I am. So, so who do you resemble more? Where has your heart been in the past and where do you want your heart to go in the future? Imagine that scene in your moment in your mind just for a moment. Let's sing this song and then we'll have our ministry team come on up.
Let's sing. Worthy.